I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Tonight we're in Matthew chapter 3. We start in verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So John the Baptist was actually prophesied through Isaiah in the Bible, and that is the prophecy about him. Trey, do you remember what John the Baptist was to Jesus? Half-brother? Cousin. Cousin? Cousin. Maybe second cousin, really. I knew it was some relative. And in verse 4, John's clothes, get this, Brock, were made of camel's hair, and... He had a leather belt. Okay, Harper, what would you think if you saw somebody walking around in camel's hair and a leather belt? What's one word that might go through your head? Weird. Weird. John the Baptist was weird. Because you know what else he did? His food was luckus. Ew. Like flies. Ew. Yeah. Our locusts, um, almost like grasshoppers. His food was locusts and wild honey. He honey was weird. Sweet. He was real weird. Honey doesn't sound weird. Oh. What about locusts? But let me tell you something. In your lives, if you stand, if you spend your lives in school, in high school, in college, even in your adult life, if you spend your life doing as this word instructs, you know what you're going to be called a lot? Weird. Weird. Because the world's eyes aren't open to who Christ is. They don't understand him. They have no ability to follow him. They don't know him. Right? And so in the eyes of the world, and really in the eyes of people who would say that they're Christians, like the things that are written, the instruction of how we are to live our life in this, in the Bible, people are going to say that's weird. Right? We say certain things are wrong that the world accepts. The world accepts them. We say they're wrong. Well, we're going to be called weird for that. The reality is, is that if you give your entire life to Christ, there are going to be plenty of times where the world is going to look at you and say, that person's weird. You know how many people that are friends of mine that, and I I wouldn't not do it because they were standing there, but if they went to church and saw me like raising my hands and hitting my chest the way I do, 
You know what they would think? They'd be like, man, Theron's kind of weird. Like, I didn't realize he was one of those religious weirdos. Well, it's not weird. I'm worshiping my father, and I can't, I can't help it. Or, I mean, I, I guess I could. I could stop myself, but I don't want to. And if people don't have that relationship with their father, they think it's weird. Well, you know what I think is a little weird? Is baby talking to a dog and acting like it's the most important thing to the world than you when you come home from work. That's a little weird to me. Some people actually treat dogs with more respect and dignity than they do human beings. And it's like, I'm not saying to go out and disrespect dogs, but I am saying that I do believe that if your dog is getting the most of your happiness, you know, and you don't have anything left over for other people or your own family and children, it's like, what, what is that? So, I mean, I think that's a little bit weird, right? So you say, well, somebody who wants to praise the creator of the universe and throw up his hands and worship him is weird. I'll deal with that. I'm good with that. You know, just be ready for it. People aren't going to understand the way you think if you allow your mind to be conformed to the teaching of this word. They're not going to understand it. And there's going to be a good group of people that think you're weird. You know why my identity doesn't come from what they think of me. My identity comes from the fact that this word says not only was I created, not only was I created by God, but I was purchased back by his blood. So I'm not afraid to worship him. He died for me. I'm good with worshiping him. You know what I'm saying? John the Baptist was weird. Verse 5, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. You know what was different about John the Baptist? You know what baptism originally was invented for? It was invented by the Jewish people. You know what it was invented for? I mean, we don't really hear about baptism in the Old Testament, do we? We don't hear about it. It was invented, I believe, in Pharisaical Judaism. And it was invented as a means of converting a Gentile who wanted to become a Jew because they believed that the God of the of the Jewish Bible, the Old Testament, was the true and living God. They wanted to come and be saved like a Jew. So it was really a way of converting a person from being a Gentile to becoming a Jew. Does that make sense? And what was meant to happen was that because they weren't aware of the law, uh, this is in Pharisaical Judaism, not in Biblical Judaism, um, but because they were not aware of the law, the baptism marked the point in their life that they became enlightened, that they committed to saying, I'm going to commit myself to the law. I'm going to commit myself to being a Jew. Does that make sense? So it was for Gentiles to become a Jew. So do you know what John the Baptist was doing that was controversial to the Jewish leaders, to the Pharisaical leaders? Baptizing people? But baptizing who specifically? Jesus? Nope. Jews. Jews. John the Baptist was baptizing Jewish people, which they had a big problem with. Because do you know why Jewish people were saved by God? Because they were, no. Because they were Jews? Because they were Jews, right? That was that was their, like, their core belief, right? Is that, like, what made them acceptable to God is that they were Jewish. They didn't need to convert to become Jewish. They needed to be Jewish and then follow what God had said, right? Obey the commands. And actually, 
even obeying the commands as far as it went, the commands in the Old Testament didn't talk about eternal inheritance. They spoke to whether you would be blessed or cursed in this life. They didn't really speak about being blessed or cursed in the afterlife. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it was really a flesh thing, the whole, the whole old law. So he starts baptizing Jewish people, saying that, no, 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 no. I don't care if you're Jew, Gentile, white, red, brown, black, male, female. None of that matters to me. We all need to repent. Even if you are a Jew, you need to repent from your lifestyle of sin and commit your heart to God, right? And so that's what he was doing. He was baptizing and saying, no, you need to turn to the Lord. Just because you're Jewish, that doesn't solve the problem, right? The problem is, is according to the law, the very first law, which was on the day you sin or eat from the apple, you will surely die. <clears throat> that law was in effect, that happened. The only way that you were gonna be saved is if the Lord chose to have grace on you, right? And that grace was perfectly demonstrated through Jesus Christ. But understand, this is why John the Baptist was wildly unpopular with the religious leadership. And in verse seven, they say, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming where he was baptizing. He said to them, you brought, you brought of vipers. You know what that means? You bunch of snakes. You bunch of snakes. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. In other words, when they say we have Abraham as father, that'd be the same thing as saying, I'm a Jew. I'm Hebrew. Right? I'm saved because I'm Hebrew. He says, don't say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Meaning you're as much worth a child of Abraham. That's going to save you as much as it would save this stone sitting next to me. The ax is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. In verse 11, John continues, I baptize you with water for repentance. What is repentance, Trey? Admitting your sins. That would be confession. What's repentance? Does anybody else know what repentance might mean? Brock, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step on your toes, right? It's going to hurt, right? And then after I step on your toes and realize that I hurt you, I'm going to say, I just stepped on your toes. That was mean. I confess that it happened, but then I just step on your toes again. And I'm like, oh, and I hurt you. Oh, that was mean. I admit that I did that. That was mean. And then I step on your toes again. What's the problem? You're still doing it. You're not changing your behavior. What's repentance? Changing your behavior. That's right. Repentance. Confession is saying I'm doing wrong. Repentance is making the decision to go the other direction. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? We're no longer going to go north. We're going south, all right, or vice versa. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the... Spirit. Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Ultimately, what happens to all the dead stuff? Um, I 
It burns away? It burns away. Like, you, you know, it goes through an incinerator. It burns up. That's what happens to dead stuff. Right? It's not a matter of being kind or not being kind. When you die in your flesh, you are either alive spiritually or you are not alive spiritually. One of the others is true, right? Either you have spiritual life through the Lord's baptism, not water baptism, but through the Lord's baptism, or you don't, right? And that's what he's talking about. He's going to come and his Christ is going to preach a new message that will be like a sieve. And it will take all of us, which is like the wheat and all this stuff, and it's going to sieve us. And those of us who will choose him, that's really what the sieve is. It's just choosing him. It's not like it's an obstacle course. Like, Jesus is going to be so hard to give my life to Christ. Right? Now, following what Christ says, that's pretty hard. No doubt about that. I'll never argue with anybody about that. Doing what Christ says to do, living the way he says to live, and following his example to the T, forget it. It's good. It's good effort. We should have to be what we want to do, but like that is an obstacle course. But as far as accepting him and his life and his forgiveness into you, that's just a decision. But still, it's like a sieve. There's going to be many who don't choose Christ, right? They're going to say we're we're weird, and maybe they'll live their whole life cynical of Christians. That's okay. They can laugh at us all they want. That's all right with me. Matter of fact, we should be praying for them, right? And that's okay. That's all right. And then I'm going to save verse 13 through 16, or 17, I should say, for the next time we read. But that is it for chapter 3. So, John the Baptist, relative of Jesus, prepared the way for him, prophesied by Isaiah. He preached a message of repentance and was the first to start baptizing Jews, which previously was only done to Gentiles as a way of converting them to Judaism. The religious leaders took issue with that. And he told them that you need to repent. You're not going to be saved just because of this. You're going to have to repent. Ultimately, ultimately, what we need to repent from for salvation is the belief that we're going to be made right by God by what we're going to do. Right? We actually have to repent from the old law. The old law says that you have to follow all these commandments. Right, We have to repent from that. That's what we have to repent from. And then once you've found grace, yes, walking with him is an act of repenting against your own flesh. I'm not going to follow all of its instincts all the time. Sometimes I'm going to choose to live in the spirit that now lives in me. And as we mature, sometimes it becomes more and more. Have I worn everybody out yet? No. You guys just making sense? Mm-hmm. All right. This is good stuff. All right? All right. Well, I love you, kids. Love you, kids. You guys are good kids. <laughs>